and welcome to Pod on the Rooftops, a podcast dedicated to the British rock band Genesis, uh, a band that is near and dear to our hairless hearts. Little joke there for the diehard fans. Uh, I am one of your hosts. My name is Justin Mancini, and I am here with my two co-hosts. Uh, please say hello to Noah. Hey, guys. Hey, Noah. And uh, we're also here with Luke. Hey, everyone. And uh, I should have mentioned, this is uh, Noah France and Luke France, two brothers who have uh, been so kind to join me today. And uh, we are here, like I said, to talk about uh, Genesis, a band that, that we love. I know Noah and I, this is our favorite band. If they're not your favorite band, Luke, then they are certainly like among them. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, definitely. Prog rock uh, in general is one of the first genres I really loved. Uh, and Genesis was one of the first groups that I seriously got into uh my tastes have kind of grown from there but they've always been one of my favorite groups for sure awesome well uh noah and i are actually from uh another podcast that we do called cinema joes we do this with our buddy alex marcus who is actually the tv editor for the pop break and uh, actually we want to thank the pop break and we want to thank bill bodkin the editor-in-chief for letting us do this podcast uh, about a band that uh i don't know what's hip with the kids these days when it comes to music but i'm gonna venture a guess and say genesis is not one of the things that uh, the kids are into it hasn't been genesis for a long time to my disappointment which is weird because you know justin that's how you and i met yes. as you know 18 year old college freshmen bonding over our mutual and pre previously established love of genesis i told people later oh my god this guy justin he's one of the only people my age who knew genesis before i met him that was like mind shattering yeah, i think we'd been talking about other things and i remember music was one of the things that came up and i think if i remember incorrectly the question you asked me was have you ever heard of a band called genesis and i was like yeah i've heard of them they're my favorite band and then we shook hands like we were closing a business deal and uh we've been friends ever since that is the way of things but yeah so we've been talking about doing this for quite a while and we're really happy that that luke could join us as well for this um so just kind of like a, a brief overview of the band um this is a band that formed in the late 60s with four lads at charter house what was called a public school today would be probably called a private school and they all shared a mutual love of music they were coming from different bands they had forged, I think, a very successful career that kind of reached its apex popularity in the 80s. Going all the way into the 90s, they traded vocalists twice, and uh, they had a couple of other lineup changes, but I, I think they put together an oeuvre, if I can use that term, really runs the gamut in terms of the variety of different styles of music. It's one of the reasons why they're one of my favorite bands, for sure. Yeah, I genuinely argue that Genesis is one of those few bands where literally anyone can find at least one song from somewhere in the Genesis discography that is to their taste regardless of what your uh, specific taste in music is there's just that level of variety and uh we're not a hundred percent sure right now especially with uh we were recording this during the coronavirus pandemic which uh has definitely affected a lot of things and one of them is concerts for sure but i know they had possibly talked about doing the last domino tour i don't know if either of you heard about this but i was yeah. like oh interesting well they're all like 70. so yeah we'll see how things stand when we get to that I mean, point the i mean the only guess. the only dates for that that i saw were or the only sites for that were like in, at various sites within England. I have no idea if they were planning to go international with that, but so far yeah. I've not seen anything. Yeah, that's right. At, at the moment, they don't have any uh, international dates listed beyond what you've already said in, in November around the UK area. Yeah, well, we certainly, we certainly hope that they're able to do that. 
So what is this podcast about? Well, we're kind of doing a, a format here. We wanted to go through every album, starting from, from Genesis to Revelation, going all the way to Calling All Stations from 1969 to 1997. And we're not necessarily going to go track by track. If you want something like that, I would recommend the Tabletop Genesis podcast. Uh, I think they do a really good job with that. We're going to kind of talk more broadly about each album. And uh, in addition to sharing sort of our general thoughts about each of these albums, we're going to run through a few categories. So we're going to name our favorite either songs that we want to highlight or songs that we think are underrated on each album. If necessary, we'll talk about songs that we think are overrated. Even though we are all big Genesis fans, I don't think we would say that every single song they've ever made is a great song or even a good one. But we're also going to be naming our favorite musical moments, of which there is no shortage to pick from, and uh, our favorite lyrics for each album which should be really fun as we especially when we talk about the gabriel era but uh yeah that's kind of a broad overview of what this podcast is going to be the next one i should say is going to be all about the peter gabriel era starting from uh, from genesis to revelation and going all the way to lamb lies down on broadway the third episode will be about the sort of brief time when they were a four-piece band with uh, collins taking over as vocalist the two albums they put out a trick of the tail and wind and wuthering and uh the last episode is going to be the remainder you know sort of late 70s to early 90s Collins era, as well as touching upon the one album they did with Ray Wilson as their vocalist. And then our last episode will be kind of like a summing up things that we've uh, sort of learned about the band as we've listened to them again. Some thoughts on the solo careers of the members of Genesis. And I should also mention throughout all this, we will be spotlighting, though maybe not in as much detail, we will be spotlighting some of their extended plays as well as live albums. So uh, we'll be covering some of that as well. So that business out of the way, I think for the rest of this sort of introductory episode, uh, let's talk about introductions. Let's talk about how we were introduced to the band. I'll start with you, Luke. What was your introduction to this band? Well, I associate Genesis with uh, some of my earliest musical memories. Uh, we had a DVD copy of The Way We Walk, the live concert growing up. And uh, I remember on quite a few Saturdays throughout my uh my childhood, my siblings and I would, would try to recreate, you know, the live performance in the living room. So I had two of my older siblings, you know, out front playing guitar, air guitar, air bass. And then I'm back on the couch with, you know, two mismatched drumsticks just whacking away on pillows. You know, anything to kind of try to imitate what, what I was hearing Phil Collins do. And that turned out to be the beginning of, uh, of a very long journey for me with music. Uh, I have just graduated uh, as a music major from the University of Miami. Um, and my, my musical tastes and my, my playing abilities have grown immensely since those first few days bashing away uh, on uh, couch pillows. Um, but I, I certainly have, have Genesis to thank for uh, kind of starting me on that path, I think. Awesome. <laughs> That's a really fun story. So how about uh, for you, Noah? What was your introduction to the band? Ba basically the same way. Um, well, I mean, in, in general, not just in, in regards to Genesis, uh, but most of the music that I first got into when I started to develop an awareness of and an interest in and a taste in music for for years went through what was the stuff that our dad listened to when he was a kid or a young adult and what was the stuff that he had in cd form lying around the house for us to throw into the cd player or take into the car for road trips so that applies to genesis but it also applies to a lot of other 
various classic uh, rock and prog rock groups from the 60s and 70s. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Billy Joel, Simon and Garfunkel, The Who, Van Halen, Blue Oyster Cult. That's the sort of stuff that was there around the house. So that's what me and Luke and our, our other siblings would often just start to, to pick up and listen to. So the way we walked DVD uh, had a very long run as a, like, a regular mainstay of just it being put on in the living room, either by Luke or by me. Yeah, and it would just be there, like, in the evening, on the weekend, middle of the day, in the morning, like, whenever. And at around the same time that I was also getting into, like, Billy Joel and um, Simon and Garfunkel, my dad also came home with, at that point, in CD form, he had a lot of the middle albums. So a lot of the Trick of the Tail, Wind and Wuthering, and then there were three, Duke. So, so really, like, mid-range Genesis. And as I started to enjoy the the way we walked DVD more and more and started to, to really get into a lot more of the songs, I started listening to those albums as well. So that was sort of the segue for me. And then from there, I began to research and dig. And, you know, when you go to CD stores, I'd look for older or later albums uh, that I'd not heard yet and would, you know, get those and then listen to those. And slowly built out from there until I listened to everything in the Genesis canon. Well, it's, I feel like it's been quite a journey for me. It's a band that is, it's funny you mentioned Luke as being like one of your earliest musical memories. I think that's the same for me. One of the earliest songs of any kind I remember hearing is weirdly enough, not even a song that I love necessarily, but for some reason it was like on a lot, uh, which is Since I Lost You from the We Can't Dance album. I, I just remember hearing that song a lot when I was younger and that was kind of my first sort of exposure to the band. And you know, like you were mentioning Noah, a lot of my early sort of musical taste came from my parents, you know, and I'm still into a lot of the bands that they were into. That's how I got into the Moody Blues and the Beatles and Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and so many bands, uh, including one with some of the other ones that you named as well. And um, Genesis, I think, was something that I wouldn't say my folks were as into Genesis uh, as some of the other bands I mentioned. I believe the only album they really owned was We Can't Dance. So that was kind of my first real experience with the band. And I had been like aware of Phil Collins. So when I discovered, oh, this other thing, like Genesis was like the band he was in before he was like Phil Collins solo, which was like a, at the time was like a radical concept for me. But I would say really um, high school is when I started to kind of explore them a little bit more on my own. Um, and I started with, because it was the one I knew, I started with the Collins era. Uh, that was when I, I kind of like went chronologically starting from, weirdly enough, I started from, and then there were three, not from A Trick of the Tale. I think because at the time I was like, well, that's like the, the trio is like what I know. Um, so I started from, then there were three and kind of became a fan. And at the time that I met Noah, when we were both freshmen in college, as you mentioned, um, that was really what I was probably most familiar with. And it's really thanks to Noah, as well as some other people, where I started to explore some of the earlier stuff. Uh, so very slowly, I would say I got into the uh, into Trick of the Tail and Wind and Wuthering pretty quickly. Um, the Gabriel era was took some more acclimating, <laughs> I would say. I remember like one of the first times that Noah and I hung out, he played Supper's Ready for me. We, we had a couple of Cromwell jam sessions. Yes, yes. With my big giant six CD sound system apparatus. And it was interesting because at the time I was, I was definitely very familiar with other progressive rock bands like and longer songs, I should say, like Tarkus was like one of my favorite songs at the time. And it was just like, I remember thinking like, it's just so goofy and like silly and, <laughs> and 
we'll get into the goofiness. Yeah. Oh, there's, and there's plenty of it. And it's now like one of the things that I love about like the Gabriel era is now my favorite era of Genesis, like no question. And that that goofiness, I've just kind of come to embrace. And it's like one of the things I really love about them. So, uh, you know, I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> if it just like it takes a couple of listens. But uh, yeah, it was just it's been an interesting evolution. Um, I still appreciate a lot of the Collins era. We'll probably get into it more as we talk album by album. But especially that that period, it's probably cliche but that period from 71 to 74 um that run of four albums is just like to me is just you know if not necessarily perfection then it's uh something approximating it i had to go through a similar trajectory of genesis and really any genesis having to grow on me it was not like you know like i very distinctly remember the first time listening to to elp to the who to um, Billy Joel, to Simon and Garfunkel. Like when, when my dad first put on CDs of those bands, my brain just latched onto, onto it immediately. And I was like, oh yeah, this is amazing. This is brilliant. This is great. It took a lot longer for Genesis to sort of like get into it because the sound was so radically different. Um, the, the feel of the songs was much different. The style of singing was much different. I would challenge anyone who would claim that they could listen to a Peter Gabriel or Phil Collins song cold, having never listened to them before, uh, and would claim to be able to immediately identify all the lyrics. I'd say, no, that's not possible. You have to be used to their voices before you can actually start to understand the lyrics. So it took, it took a process. It took a process of me like, like getting into it. But once I started to appreciate the depth and nuance to it, then I really started to, to embrace it wholeheartedly. But my brain had to go through a process first. Yeah, when I was able to realize that like the sense of humor that they have about themselves like is sometimes used in a satirical way. So it's very purposeful silliness. That, I think, is when I really started to, to embrace them and, and just, gosh, appreciate the compositions. But uh, Which maybe is a good segue into uh, this next little bit about what do we love about Genesis? Uh, why are they either our favorite band or, or one of our favorite bands? For you, Luke, what are the reasons that you love this band? I think for me, one of the things that I love most about Genesis is their willingness to explore and go on for minutes at a time um, you know, developing themes and, and transitioning into different sections within a same song. Um, that kind of longer form approach to, to composition, to music making, um, and the attention that I think it demands of the listener uh, is something that I've always really appreciated. And, you know, when you have longer form songs like that, you know, there's going to be some sections that work better than others, I think, inevitably. Um, but the sections that, that work in those longer form songs, you know, like, for example, Supper's Ready, Cinema Show, uh, Firth of Fifth, songs like that, the sections that work within those songs are really uh, quite profound, just for me, uh, in my opinion. And I think it's important to note that even in those longer instrumental pieces, the musicianship is, is never sacrificed. I mean, you know, I'm a drummer, so drums are usually the first thing I notice. And Phil Collins, I mean... Most people know him for, you know, this the pop songs he wrote in his solo career later, but some of the things that he did on the drums with Chester Thompson and even before Chester Thompson came along in their earlier albums is really incredible. I mean, he's got great touch, great technique, um, really interesting ideas, unique ideas around the kit. And that goes for every member of the band. They're all 
incredible musicians in my opinion they all have have great taste in their in their playing and and great skills as as orchestrators uh one more thing that i really like about genesis is that like we were saying earlier uh there's there's room in their catalog for for pretty much everyone i mean there's everything from you know like long epics like supper's ready to pop songs like invisible touch so i think it was noah was saying earlier there's certainly a Genesis song that I think everyone could enjoy, no matter their their background and, and musical preferences. So I also appreciate that diversity as well. Yeah, I think they definitely reward the uh, adventurous listener, <laughs> for sure. As we get into talking about Genesis, like through this, I know like with the two of you, you both have like, I think much more of a musical grounding than I do. You know, you both have played instruments. Luke, you're studying music. So I'm, I'm really curious to hear kind of about the... I, I'm sure there will be terminology you'll be able to use that... Uh, I would say I'm like an enthusiast. You know, Noah, like I mentioned before, Noah and I talk about uh, movies a lot. And those are things that I feel like I can appreciate both on an emotional and intellectual level. And with music, I tend to find, maybe because I have less of a grounding in it, that it's much more of an emotional experience for me, which makes it sometimes hard to talk about, uh, at least from my standpoint. But again, I don't have as much of a, you know, an academic grounding in music, so. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing some of your takes on the lyrics, Justin, because I know you're uh, an English major, so uh, it'll be interesting for me to kind of hear some of your interpretations of, of that stuff. And I mean, I guess, you know, I might have a, a slightly better frame of reference to talk about some of the musical aspects of their work, but I mean, it's it's still an emotional experience for me listening to their music as much as it is as it would be for anybody else. It's it's something I was thinking about because I was like, it's actually one of the things I'm excited about doing this podcast for because I think there's there's going to be stuff that you guys bring up that will be kind of new for me and and I think will make me appreciate the band even more. So how about for you, Noah? What do you love about this band? I mean, specific stuff we'll get to when we go through the albums and get to some of my personal favorite highlights. I think on the musical level, very similar to Luke, I like the fact that there's so much depth to this music and the fact that it's the type of music that really genuinely... Uh, rewards repeated listening and careful listening and you can't just like like i said i don't think anyone could claim to listen to some of the best uh, and most complex genesis pieces once and say that they've they've come away having experienced everything the song has to offer you know it's very similar to how i approach movies um and hopefully many of the the people listening to this will also listen to the work that justin and i do on cinema joes where i will often draw a line to differentiate between movies that are good or even great uh, and are really fun and meaningful and enjoyable but once i've seen them once i kind of feel like okay that was a good experience i have no need to rewatch that movie again so there's a line between those types of movies, which can be perfectly great movies. And for me, the true masterpieces, which are the movies where there's literally no limit to how often I could sit down and watch them. And that includes some of my favorite movies of all time, because every every experience just deepens it uh, and deepens my appreciation for it. And it's very similar with music. The, the, um, the music that I am drawn to the most and the music that I re-listen to the most and revisit it, whether it's rock music or... Uh, romantic classical or film score like whatever whatever type or genre or style it is um it's the the music where i've found that i get more from it each time i re-listen to it as opposed to the stuff where i can listen to it once and be like oh that was fun 
and now I'm gonna go listen to something new. Um, and for me, Genesis is like one of is is one of the like crowning examples of that in music. Um, that's why they're they're absolutely my favorite prog rock band. And I mean, all time favorite band. Yeah, like within rock music and prog rock, yes. I think once you get into other genres, then it's it gets a little bit tougher, you know, to try and say that, no, this is better than every other band and every other genre. Uh, <clears throat> so that's on the musical level. Then on the more, like, personal level, I just, I really dig the fact that, especially when you look at the era this band came from, you know, 60s and 70s, so many of the great bands and great artists that came out of that time. There, there's so much good music from that era. Uh, but so much of it was also produced by individuals or groups that had very, like, negative or destructive tendencies. With Billy Joel, you have his alcoholism. With Elton John, you have all of the, the drugs that he was on. You know, you had, like, Van Halen and the Eagles, who were, like, legendary for having just fights and emotions and we'll we'll get we'll talk about yes a little bit um uh, when we talk about the drummer bill bruford who drummed for genesis uh, a little bit later on in their career bill bruford said one interview uh within yes you couldn't agree on what day of the week it was and if anyone walked into the room and said hey let's record something today the first thing that would happen would be an hour-long argument so there there's so many bands from that time period that produced great music but we know all too clearly that the people were, like, self-destructive or were assholes and, like, did harm to themselves or other people. And there was, there's, like, self-destruction going on at the same time. And a lot of, and there are a lot of cases from that. And not just self-destruction, you know, like, you look at the Who, you know, Keith Moon literally died uh, from his many excesses. Yeah, like, the list, the list is genuinely endless. So there, there's all, there's all these stories which really you think, well, okay, they produce great music, but it's kind of sad that, you know, the band members aren't speaking to each other now, or, like, one of them is just a, a shell of his former self because he did so many drugs. And with Genesis, that is just not the case. Like, especially, Justin and I both have the, the chapter and verse the book, which is a massive tome that goes through the entirety of the lives, basically, of everyone involved in Genesis. It is an absolute must-read for everyone who loves the band. But when you read through that, they're like, yeah, like, we were, you know, creatively inclined. We were, we had very stark personalities, you know, and we fought a lot. We would argue, and, you know, that's why Peter Gabriel and Steve Hackett eventually left the group. But it was never, like, they weren't, like, throwing things at each other. Like, Peter Gabriel and Tony Banks aren't, like, not on speaking terms now. You know, no one, like, fell into a drug habit that, like, tore the band apart at the seams. You know, you didn't have an Eagles-style falling out where, like, the band members insisted they would never, ever, like, look each other in the eye again. Like, there's just none of that, you know? And I think that's, on a personal level, you know, loving so much music from an area where there are so many, like, tragic stories to come out of that, I kind of love the sense that, okay, we have this brilliant music, this amazing creative journey that all of these guys undertook over decades and ended up having influence on a bunch of other artists going forward and not only that like on a personal level they were all like okay and they got through it okay and they're all living like they're all like able to bask in their laurels now and are not like struggling with drug abuse or are like prematurely dead from from this or that i find it encouraging to see that there can be an example of that where like that you have this amazing artistic achievement uh that also has like a happy ending for the artists who actually were involved in making that achievement so for me that's like that's not like the reason i mean first and foremost is the fact that i love the music but on top of that i'm like oh and these guys aren't just assholes on a personal level <laughs> they're not all drug addicts <laughs> they're actually like 
yes, they can be very egotistical, but like not beyond reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you're talking about like bands from this era that managed to avoid the kind of excesses that we tend to associate with the rock star lifestyle. I mean, the two that I think of, like maybe like Genesis and Rush, and that's about it. You'd have to go yeah, less there you popular go. <laughs> than that to probably get to bands that were more well adjusted. But like that's that's my point. It's like it is like you mentioned. It is kind of a rarity. And while I feel like if I didn't know any of that and I just had the music, it's definitely a plus. Well, especially over the past couple of years with Me Too and everything, and there've been so many revelations about artists uh, and creators of all stripes, like you know, musical, film, political, whatever you know that kind of force you to go back and be like oh i really love this thing as a child but now i know this stuff that was going on in their personal life and oh i don't know can i really enjoy it the same way and there's nothing like that with genesis <laughs> i don't have to feel conflicted but it's like at the same time i was getting into genesis like my number one television show was the cosby show oh boy can't really revisit that yeah. anymore and not feel like crap so i'll take what i can get <laughs> Justin, why do you love Genesis? One of the things I really love about them is I think that the variety of music is definitely one of those things. Um, I appreciate how even when we get into the 80s and, you know, we get to some songs that are definitely more pop, sort of radio friendly. I feel like they always manage to have like a couple of songs that were just either like leaned more toward their prog stylings or were like very different from the kind of things you would hear on the radio. I think there was still experimentation happening uh, up to a certain point, and uh, that's something that I don't think you see in a lot of bands. I think a lot of bands just kind of like mellow out completely, and I don't think Genesis is one of those bands. I would I would make the case. I know some I know some diehard fans would say like they sold out with Collins. I don't think that's a nuanced examination of that particular era. But anyway, um, so that's one of the things I love, and I would also just say like. I was into a lot of progressive rock bands before I was into Genesis. So I was sort of familiar with like 20 minute songs and made up of multiple movements about weird or idiosyncratic subject matter. I love bands like Gentle Giant and King Crimson and, and all these other bands that I still love, like are among my favorite bands. And yet for something about Genesis to me is like the perfect combination of the experimentation that was happening in music at the time with some of those bands that I mentioned and just real genuine emotional beats. I just feel like they strike, they struck this perfect balance for me between those two things. And in reading chapter and verse, the one thing they emphasize more than one member of the group. And it was something that struck me when I was really getting into, especially the Gabriel era was the, the compositions were so solid. Like they're the structure, the, how instruments traded off between one another just seems so precise and deliberate. And in reading chapter and verse, you hear about them talking about songwriting was really what they were trying to emphasize. And I was like, oh, I'm glad to hear that because that's like upon my listening, that's kind of the vibe that I get. I definitely think members of the band are virtuosos on their given instruments. I don't know if that virtuosity was the was the focus of the group, the way it was for maybe some other bands. Um, it's more about how the band complements one, how the different members complement one another. Yeah, it's very much different to like, I mean, like the standard image of the 70s and, you know, groups like Van Halen or the Eagles or the Who were, you know, as much as I love those bands, were big examples of that, where it was often about like just showing off how technically like mind-numbingly complicated the guitarist or the bassist or like the the next drum riff could be which is great like that's like th that's also great but it's it's nice to see the other side of that 
And uh, yeah, there's just there's so that's that's something that really struck me. And I just also would say like the sense of humor is just I can't really think of another band that has that sort of weird, most times totally esoteric kind of humor where you're like you're kind of laughing, but you're not quite sure why. Like you're feeling like something is funny, but you just don't have maybe like the proper Britishness to really get it. That's just I don't know. There's some there's a there's an enigmatic quality to their humor, which I just feel like is is something that for some reason I just really respond to. Even in the Collins era, I think there were still uh, traces of that. So those are just a few of the reasons why uh, I love this band. And you know I you know never say never, but Genesis for me is one of those bands where I'm like I feel like they're always going to be my favorite band. You know, other music fans of other groups probably feel that way. There's something so personal about them to me. Maybe it's because of how they've really, like, seemingly always been such a huge part of of my life. And and I would lastly say, I'm going to get a little corny here, but I will say the fact that I can associate them with people who are near and dear to me um, in my personal life is probably also a factor, including some people on this podcast. Aww. Aww. Music is a shared experience. Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, any any last thoughts before uh, we close this sort of introductory episode out? Let's get to the run through. Yeah, Woo-hoo! we got to, we got a, a ways to go. So, uh, yeah, we should probably get get on that, huh? We'll wrap it up there, and we'll be we'll start on the Gabriel era in our next episode. I did just want to say uh, maybe just talk really briefly about where we can find everybody on the internet. Um, so, do you want to start us off, Noah? Yep. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, hopefully, if you are listening to this recording, then you're also aware that Justin and I both do a lot of work with our good friend Alex Marcus on the Cinema Joes podcast. Connected to that, I do a lot of written materials, mostly film reviews, but other stuff. Like, I'll be doing a written companion to this Genesis piece for my blog at francenoir.blogspot.com. And I'm also on Twitter at Noah France. So, uh, Luke, do you have any uh, web presence at all? Yes, uh, maybe a little bit more piecemeal, but I'm on Facebook and Instagram under Luke France. Uh, I just released a cover of the song Just the Two of Us with some very talented friends of mine from school. That's on my YouTube channel. Uh, Check that out. Uh, I've written a couple interviews for the Miami Hurricane, which is my school's newspaper. You can find those on the Edge section of their website. Uh, and lastly, I should be releasing an original song in the next few days, so keep an eye out for that as well. Awesome. Well, I look forward to that. I love it when my friends have projects that I can look forward to. Uh, as for me, you can find my work. Uh, I mostly write about movies on thecinemaverick.com. That is my website. I'm also on Letterboxd at The Sin Maverick, where you can watch, you can hear about movies I've been watching. Who knows? At some point, there might be some music content on there. Uh, we'll just have to see, because music is a pretty huge part of my life. Uh, so, uh, all right. I guess we'll wrap it up there. Uh, we want to thank you for listening, if you've made it this far. Hopefully, this will be uh, something that, uh, even if you don't like Genesis, that maybe you'll, you'll learn a little bit and maybe you want to check them out. We certainly hope that you do. Uh, for Pot on the Rooftops. This is Justin Mancini signing off.